1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee
2: Kwai. And I'm Craig Blanchett.
1: What's up, Craig? What up, though? It's like you were just here. Actually, because we recorded two uh, episodes in a row, you were just here.
3: You're and still here.
1: You're still here. You're still our guest. You are no longer special. We figured this one out last time. Sorry. but He's almost
3: like a co-co-host now. Because <laughs> this is like six or seven episodes you've been on. It's true, actually. I think you've definitely
1: you've broken the record for most uh, most times guesting on the show, I guess. Yeah. Next so.
3: time you see um, Kessler, just rub that in his face. Yeah. Oh, Not, sweet. I'm pretty you, sure he doesn't care. No problem. But, yeah.
1: By the way, we're telling you to do that so that you guys go after each other next time we play.
3: Yeah, rub that in his face, then remind us that he's all that he's better than all of us at yeah. um, EDH. And
1: tell him how much we compliment him on a daily basis yeah. and want to be his ally just in general.
3: And then we'll shuffle up and play. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Craig, are politics you to, at work everybody are you
1: going to vegas this year craig
2: i can't make it to vegas oh, this year so sad i know it sucks it's my but we all birthday.
1: are and it's going to be really fun i'll send you a snapchat of just me in a bath of cards
2: i am excited to see what Modern you're Masters gonna close on right holds. yeah oh yeah totally okay.
1: i'm gonna to recreate that picture that uh uh the rev tweeted at us oh, yeah. from breaking Bad. yes
3: just laying uh, on a uh laying on a pallet of-, <laughs> of cards rather <laughs> yeah. than money Exactly. They're all going to be commons, everybody. Don't freak out.
1: Yeah, well, commons, and maybe maybe if you spot the one like Tarmogoyf in there, there's I'll... like one, star Just mag- one.
3: <laughs> it's it's like four cards down in that third <laughs> stack over there. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, what's the topic today? Um, the topic is etiquette in EDH. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. So this is you know one of those hot button issues, something that gets uh, talked about a lot. We'll go into it um, in a minute, though. I do want to go back to GP Vegas here. Oh yeah, that's true. Because we got to talk about this. Yeah. In case you didn't know, GP Vegas is going to be the biggest face-to-face gaming tournament in the history of the planet. Uh, they've already broken the record at this moment without, you know, they're still a month away for the biggest tournament in his magic tournament in history because they have that many pre-registrations. Um, it's taking place May 28th to the 31st in Vegas. Uh, so what's happening is Jimmy and I are going to be there, uh, Alex and Ben from the Masters of Modern podcast, our sister podcast, they're gonna be there. Our buddies from the uh, Five Commanders podcast, um, they're all gonna be there. The guys from the Brainstorm Brewery uh, podcast, they're all gonna be there. The Reverend in Fuego from BJ Shea's Geek Nation is gonna be there, BDM, uh, Marshall, they're gonna be there. I mean, everybody that you've heard of in the World of Magic, all the guests that have been on our show, Everybody's going to be in town for that. And one of the things we're doing... Is it me, though? A big, fun, hey,
1: let's hang out, let's trade some cards, let's play some games, let's draft some cards. Craig, I'm so sorry, man. It's going to be a blast.
2: I really wish I could make it. I'm uh, disappointed. You're there in spirit, man. We'll, we'll do it again around Comic-Con. I know I know. Uh, Josh is excited to play with that table.
3: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm excited to stay up all night for those black... The black, border, or the black uh, cards are awesome, but yeah, to staying up all night is not... <laughs> it is not. So... More... The gathering we want to host, which is in the We're magic, putting the, the invite Yeah, the magic I can't the gathering. Oh <laughs> god. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize. Uh so it's gonna be we're gonna open it up to all of our listeners. And uh, anyone
1: just that wants to come hang out.
3: Yep. If you've never listened, well, you have to listen to the show to be hearing this right now. So sure. you then therefore are a listener. And we're going to have prizes. Uh Wizards has provided us with a bunch of Dragons of Dark stuff. We've got what do we got? Fat packs, booster box, uh, yep. Some play decks. Mats, some Funko Pop
1: figures, uh dual decks, uh just all sorts of stuff. And we have stuff to give away. I want to unload the inventory uh at GP Vegas. There's no better place to do it. Yeah. So I mean, it's all about winning, right? That's what Vegas is That's about. That's what Vegas
3: is about. So yeah. the gathering, there's gonna be prizes, we're gonna play a ton of EDH, we're gonna draft conspiracy, mash it up probably with Masters of Modern. We're gonna hang out, talk stories.
1: Uh, and, and the and the Masters of Modern podcast. Right. Too. I always get
3: that mixed up. <laughs> um and there'll be a bunch of us there. We're going to invite all those people we talked about earlier. Or all of you are invited. So the deal is, right now, tentatively, on Thursday, May 28th, mm-hmm. is when we want to have this gathering. It'll probably be in the evening. My guess is it'll start around 6-ish and go into the wee hours of the night because yep. we're in Vegas. and. Hopefully most people are flying in on Thursday to to play on Friday, yeah. And if you haven't already made your arrangements, we're encouraging you to, you know, fly in on Thursday so you can come to this thing and... You know, you can basically all team up to destroy Jimmy and I in every game of EDH. <laughs> yeah,
1: and let us know what your travel plans are because if everyone's like, oh, no, I'm not coming until Friday, we we know. We, of course, everything's tentative right now. So we are waiting to hear back from you guys about who's going to be in Vegas, when you guys are going to be there, all that important stuff. Because, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, some people have work and stuff, so they can't make it in that early. Who
3: knows? True. And and please email us, commandcast at rocketjump.com, and let us know uh, if you're planning to be there that Thursday night because we're going to try and get a venue and we're going to try and, you know, I'm not envisioning this being hundreds of people, but we might have somewhere in the nature of 40 people. Yeah. And we want to know what that number is going to look like so that we can have a space that's going to accommodate everybody mm-hmm. uh, and allow us, you know, the time so and we'll the probably space make a to...
1: Facebook event or something for it as well. Yeah.
3: So it's as we get closer, we just want to get an idea of that number. So if you know, you're going to be there for sure, let us know. And let if you're on the fence, know. I don't know why you're on the fence, get off the fence and get <laughs> your ticket to Vegas.
1: Yeah. The fence is not a comfy place to be. Come no, to Vegas. Pointy. Yeah. And Honestly, like, most people come to Vegas and lose abundant amounts of money. We're, and Magic is giving you a chance to come to Vegas and win stuff without really that much monetary investment. You know, you, you, you'll you pay to play in the main event at GP Vegas, but the chances of you actually opening something that's worth a bunch of money is really high. I'm gonna not lose. Really I'm yet. gonna
3: lose a lot of money in Vegas. Just, I just want to put that out there right now. Yeah, actually, me and Josh because <laughs> there are still going. craps tables. There
1: are still craps <laughs> tables. Uh, I forgot who I was talking to the other day, but they were like, "Oh yeah, we're definitely going to Vegas." Oh right, we're talking to Wes and uh, our good friend Brian Tran.
3: Oh yeah, a bunch of our friends from Riot, who Riot, make League and of and Legends, Twitch. will be there too. Yep,
1: yep, yep. So it's gonna be a blast. We're in the gamble. Craig is just sitting here, stroking his beard, being like, oh, "Gosh, guys, can you stop?" Can Craig, we just- it's not too late. Can we just move on? It's to not the too next? late. Yeah, have your c- come to Vegas with your girlfriend. Be like, it's a trip for the both of I'll us. I'll teach you how to play magic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound awesome? You know, it's like here, go. You should <laughs> see the face Craig's making right now. Open I'll the foil. Have to
2: t- play at deals or something. I mean, open the foil
1: tarmogoyf.
2: There's and already sell plans. it, and then be like, honey, you can I go can't. to the
1: outlets. It's
2: all yours. Yeah, she'd love that. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah.
3: It might just cost you a couple hundred dollars. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's worth it. It's worth it. I'll chip
1: in 20 bucks to the Craig Blanchett to Vegas fund. I, I'm in for 20. I'm in for 30. Wait, what is this? An auction? we was slowly building up until Craig's just like, all right, so tonight I just somehow earned $1,000. Yeah, I'm going $1, to go home
2: and be like, sweetheart, it worked. It, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> oh my God, sweetheart. I, they gave me $1,000. We're going to Vegas, Whoa. babe. <laughs> Yeah. That escalated
3: quickly. I can't wait. Uh, uh, yeah. Before we get into the main topic, I want to give a special shout-out to one of our listeners. Jack Landis. Landis? I think it's Landis. Jack lands in front? <laughs> Jack, L-A-N-D-E-S. Landis. Landis, Landis I think. I Landis, I think. Landis, yeah, yeah. Uh, The son of Eric Landis, who is Proggy Boog on Twitter. I think uh, Eric has won a, a prize at something before, because I, I remember so. that Twitter handle. Yeah. Anyway, Jack... Uh, I'm told when he gets in the car with his dad, he asks for the uh, command zone to be played. Yes, that's great. Jack, you rule. You're a champion. And also, you have impeccable taste. Yes. Yes. Fine, fine taste. Fine taste. I also want to congratulate you, Jack, because I heard that you recently played in an SCG IQ, and you went three and three. Three and three. That's that's better than I usually do. Yeah, and he's eight and a half years old. Wait, what? He's eight and a half years old. So he's already a magic prodigy. Getting one win in eight years old. You should I'll see be the look of. that Craig's giving. Are you? He's like, are you serious? I'm when like
2: I'm, calculating in my in my head. I'm like, is that four times as young as me? Is that like <laughs> <a> <laughs> quarter of my age? Like, and oh he also god. and he has well, a better we, record yeah, than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my
3: god. Geez,
1: when I was eight, I was like putting pebbles in my nose. I don't think I could have could done the math
3: <laughs> to actually play magic at that point. Like, At eight and a half years old, I think I would have been like, you know, what if a three-five attacks into my for four I wouldn't know how to figure that out yeah. at that age and like, i'm assuming jack's playing
1: around like things like dramoka's commands and stuff and his dad's and,
3: in a picture and i mean he's playing against all guys in their 30s or late 20s i mean and he went he went even money like good job jack yeah. that means next year or the I year after he's going to win if the thing he's just
2: yeah. like He's like playing the like draw two cards, and he's just like I draw two cards, and I do this, and then I do this. It's yeah, like, I hope so too. I mean, I, I I think
1: it's I don't know. I mean, this could just be me speaking, but I it's kind of intimidating to sit down in front of someone that is much younger than you that's playing because they could be that person that is just very good, and you're gonna get your butt handed to you if you're not playing right. You know, if you're not really focused. And I mean, that's how I lost to Mono Red in the first round of GP uh, LA, and it was against the kid must have been fourteen or thirteen. But afterwards, I was like, oh. It's very well, humbling. It is. It's indeed.
2: extremely humbling to be taken down by someone. When who's I was like that age, not I was, outside of high school. I yet.
1: was such an idiot when I was that age. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I didn't know interactions. I didn't. I like. I mean, I'm assuming Jack. I mean, has to know like you know the breadth of what's in standard right now and stuff, which is really impressive. Uh, so kudos to you, Jack. Three and three is nothing to scoff at. I went uh, one and five at uh, GPLA, and I'm. Uh, I'm about three and a half times your age, so yeah. <laughs>
3: there goes uh, my hopes of being a pro. Also, uh, his dad tells me that Jack's favorite commander right now is Tristani. Tristani,
1: oh. So we talked about uh, uh, We time, talked yeah.
3: about uh, Celestia last episode. Um, probably a token deck. Pretty cool. Yeah, Pretty Tristani cool, Jack. A, I like your choice. I do, too. Popular- Although it doesn't have also. blue in it, so... <laughs> I just think moving forward Jack take a closer look at blue it's pretty cool. <laughs> when just he turn,
2: when he turns 9 he'll get into blue. Yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> um all right on to the main topic today is EDH etiquette or EDH etiquette. Uh However you want to say it's it. It's going to look better on
3: screen than when you say it out yeah, loud. Exactly. Yeah
1: exactly. Um this is a big one.
3: Yeah this is one of those we could spend 8 episodes on it. Yeah and it's just it's something that comes up all the time it's it's like one of those um things that's a source of like confusion or frustration for a lot of people Mm -hmm. when they first get into edh and a lot of people who have played it for a while too um so etiquette is defined as the customary code of polite behavior in society or among a particular profession or group this group is magic the gathering edh players correct which is a uh, (laughs) it's a tough one to nail down at best yeah um It's also constantly changing, and it's based on the people, the culture, the customs. The new cards that come out. Yeah, so much. It's it's really hard to pin down what this is. We're going to talk about it in broad terms. Um, I, I think let's just start by listing some of the things in EDH that sort of cause... Confusion or disagreement, or or just plain make people upset from a yeah etiquette standpoint.
1: Oh yeah, it's seen as a breach of etiquette slash trust slash something.
3: Right now, we're gonna go through this list, and I don't want you to think that we're endorsing or saying that any of these things are or are not bad etiquette. We're just pointing out things that some people, you know, have said in the past could be or are bad etiquette or bad form. Yeah, it's really that's one of the things about this sub this subject matter is that it's really tough to say this thing is bad etiquette. It's like some people think it's not. Some people think it is. It's yeah. just in the one right of the...
1: play groups. It could be bad etiquette to consider it bad etiquette.
3: Exactly. <laughs> in our playgroup, I think a lot of people have noticed this is very. We don't have a lot of things we consider off limits. Yeah, you know. So, um, but but a lot of play groups we hear from are like. You know, they there's a lot of stuff that they don't like you and still that people allow get mad. Sarah
1: Ascendant? It's
2: like yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's just go down and we'll go down the list quickly. There's a lot. Yeah, um, um, we'll
1: just mention a little bit about each Yeah, so we don't spend too much time on this. Part. So
3: land destruction. Yep. Um especially mass land destruction. That's obviously one. Infinite combos. Uh especially two card infinite combos. That's yeah. that's one that people really complain about.
1: Or Kiki Jiki slash Pester kind of thing. Yep,
3: yep. Um just very fast kills. So decks that can sort of kill you before turn six or so. Mm-hmm. So, but Craig, what like, else, Infect. What besides Infect would do something like that? Uh, like there's, maybe there's, combos, under there's combos you can pull off before then that aren't infinite, or there's, you know, yeah. a Sarah Ascendant can very easily do that. Yep, Sarah Ascendant um, with a sword on it. Yep, just hits you four times or three times and you're dead. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, mass hand destruction. Yes, yeah, so
1: discard effects, just, just cycle.
2: Stuff that
3: just makes everybody discard their entire hand. I feel um, like...
2: like discarding you know because i think there's a difference between like hand destruction and hand cycling you know you like to play hand cycling a lot which i think is very acceptable
3: no no Yeah. yeah i think anything that makes it so that most people don't have any cards in their hand that's hand destruction yeah yeah And so that's not fun for a lot of people. You'll notice a lot of these things on the list just fall into the unfun category, but... The
1: the unfun category specifically being they stopped me from being able to play the game of Magic. Right. By wrecking my lands, wrecking my hand, killing me so early I couldn't do anything, going infinite.
3: Um, Another one is mass counterspells. Tower on the Sky Summoner. Yeah, I know our friend D really hates counterspells in general. He just doesn't like that they exist, period. Um, But definitely... Decks that their whole goal is to just counter everything.
1: Yeah, and be the con- just straight
3: control. Some people don't like that. Uh, tutors. I mean, we held. We heard from Sheldon Menry, the godfather of mm-hmm. the format, that he doesn't like tutors in the format. So that's what's definitely... there not
1: to like, folks. So you that's
3: can... definitely something. And again, that 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 underscores the point that it's a moving target because mm-hmm. even Sheldon says a certain amount is okay. Yeah. But what's that number? Is it three? Is it four? Is it five? Is it six? I mean, once we're sort of horse trading at that point, right? It's See, like we yeah. agree.
2: I feel like those are the most acceptable because it's it's such a not consi- inconsistent format that you need those tutors to be able. Well, to... Well, right,
3: help. but I mean, I'm not saying whether we.
2: Well, some
1: people might be like, "Hey, you could afford a demonic tutor and a vampiric tutor and right. an imperial recruiter, right. and I'm stuck with the precon." You know, right. the, some people. It's the power level for some people. Um, yeah, I mean,
3: I'm not endorsing whether this is bad etiquette or not. I'm just saying there course. are some yeah. people yeah. that think that it is. Yeah. Um, is a big one just turns taking too long i will endorse this as bad etiquette because you should be playing
1: faster come on guys come on That's practice just, at home if it's you need just something turns. people yeah. complain
3: about especially in bigger groups where you know if you normally play with four or five people then just if everyone takes two minutes on their turn then that can be almost 10 minutes before it's your turn again yeah um that, i've had times where i just play another game on my phone when i pass <laughs> i'm like well i'm not gonna do anything i'm tapped out <laughs> um just bad threat assessment. This is a complaint we get a lot, which is just like, Oh, the other players at the table, they don't understand what the threats they need to kill are. And that frustrates people. Um, you know it's kind of reminds me of people that sort of get really they complain a lot when the people playing next to them in blackjack like don't play it how they want them to Oh, you know, interesting. it's like well yeah but it's like, why didn't you hit
1: man you made me bust yeah. it's like whoa hold on
3: hold on i'm putting my money down i can play the game however i want yeah. like i can hit on a 20 if i feel like it man it's my it's my 10 <laughs> bucks it's not yours if you want to put the 10 bucks out there then you can do whatever you want yeah it's true um teaming up yeah. some people don't like well, this, this falls into a couple categories. One is just teaming up before agreements to team up before you even start the game. And a lot of times you'll see this when like good friends are playing together. So like they're natural some, allies, right? And they'll just always ally up and you just know. I mean, we've seen this in our in our group sometimes with certain people where you just know they're gonna be on a team because they're just they're just friendly with another. Yeah. Whereas like sometimes good friends fight each other like you and Craig. <laughs> I know you're most likely going to fight each other because that's just your antagonistic. Yeah, that's, Me just, and antagonistic. Too. Yeah. Just, oh,
1: that's hilarious. So much yeah. Hate. We just have such a storied history, Craig. That when I play you and it's not one on one, I'm like, I just may as well make this a one on one game. I'm and take still going to attack Craig for I'm that. I'm last.
3: fine
2: <laughs> with that. I yeah. just want to see something so is Josh, happen. Trust I just yeah. want to like. <laughs> I just want to play my hands you know what i mean like and i think that's a a point that we're going to come back to in this uh, over and over with this etiquette is we just want to play the reason that we want to play is we want to play our decks that we created that we've spent so much time and effort on and money Man, so, not forget that uh, part. <laughs> so teaming up can
3: also be, though, some people just don't even like the political aspect of the game where they get teamed up on even if the agreement's made during the game right. for reasons we talk inside the game. don't like this sometimes. Yeah. Uh, oh, and that's another thing. Um, if people are just known as good magic players, then sometimes they'll get teamed up on because yeah. the other players at the table are like, well, that guy's the best player. He plays in GPs and stuff, and we're just kitchen table players so we, we call it the kessler effect yeah because we
1: have one player that had more experience than the rest of us and when we
3: first started playing kessler was the guy we would always team up to get because oh, yeah. he was just better at magic than us even and if here's the thing you could have you drawn look, seven lands
1: yeah and we still would have done you it, do, you, know? you
2: look and the, you bring up a gra- you look directly at their hand and you're like how many cards do they have well they know how to use a bunch of different cards that i never saw like how they were <laughs> using them i before. better just attack them yeah. exactly yep. it's
3: better safe than sorry. Um, some people don't like metagaming, which is the idea that I'm using information from previous games or outside mm-hmm. the game to affect the game or decisions within the game. Some people think that should be out of bounds. Um, we talked about that uh, in our last week's episode in our call yep. of tricks and tips. Yep. Some people don't like pure chaos type effects or what they call troll cards so like warp world is one of these i know craig you're not a big fan of warp world
2: i just don't like warp world because of the time that it takes with the same thing with hive mind you know which getting back to that i just want to play my turn i don't want to shuffle all my stuff in and then count how many permanents i had and Mm -hmm. cycle out you know
3: and take 20 minutes to do that for everybody so we know which side of the fence you're on as far as that being bad etiquette Yeah.
0: yeah
1: Some people just don't like chaos too because it's like, I had a plan and you ruined it. Yep. And it's like, well, I mean, plans always get ruined in magic. <laughs>
3: uh, here's a big one decks that are just too powerful, yeah. quote unquote. You know, we hear this a lot. People email us all the time going, like, my playgroup is mad about this particular deck. I have a Jaleva deck or I have a Rafik deck or I have a Memnarch deck and it's too powerful and they've asked me to stop playing it. What do I do about that? So that's another thing people can consider bad etiquette. Mm-hmm. Um. Use of proxies. Oh, wow, we've gotten a lot of actually emails about proxies recently. A whole ton, because we talked about it on the Trading Up episode. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of different ideas about what should be allowed as far as proxies. And and that's a thing that people can get kind of salty about yeah. as far as if you have a lot of proxies in your deck. or Some people have a weird sliding scale where they're like, oh, proxies are fine, but if the card is this expensive, then it's not, and blah, mm. blah, blah. It gets pretty crazy. Um, oh, Infect, your favorite, Craig. A lot of people just don't like it at all. They don't think yeah. that the 10 Infect... Our poison counters is correct in EDH, and they think that's kind of broken. It should be 15 or 20. It should we be had Sheldon the on. The, total, 20 you know. is
2: just like. It, that's untenable. It, it's no, a, that's yeah. like the people who say that, they have no idea what they're talking about. They <laughs> clearly never played Infect before. But I mean, even but they did 15, play against it, and they died, and they think it should be 20 Even 15, now. it's like, you know, it's 10 for a reason. If your whole goal is to infect somebody, the creatures are so small that you need to pump or you know, equip them with something so large that to get them to uh, be able to kill somebody and not have all your creatures die or not be the target of the hate immediately is, is, is impossible. (laughs) We're laughing.
3: You're just spewing off. Listen, I'm just saying some people don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) Either way, it should stay. Craig, t-
2: it should stay at ten. I could see one v one. That in case it was unclear.
3: Is... Craig likes it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Craig's just, a fan. That's the moral of that story. A fan. A fan of <laughs> the We're just like you go, Craig. You, go, you tell Craig, him, yeah. man. You tell him. Good luck with that. Um, so come on,
1: guys. It's really fair. Everyone just kill Craig right now. I don't. I don't want us. You know what? We can band together because I don't want to get infected by this. this evilness. And you know the
2: reason that I say that is because like next turn I'd be like,
1: and you're, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. You three
2: are dead, and now it's just me versus this one last. person.
3: Person. yeah
1: and it doesn't even matter if you win against that person you're the just fact so that happy you got everyone else at yeah you're infected with happiness that's why you love infect <laughs>
3: <laughs> um the next one is tuck yeah so this was a thing that evidently people were considering bad etiquette or bad form and you know that actually was considered bad etiquette to the point where it got banned so that um is on the list just like the other stuff um oh here's a good one stasis lockdown effects right stuff like um winter orb uh static orb People do not like that stuff that just basically makes it very hard for you to play your cards.
1: Yeah, even like stuff like propaganda is considered stasis in a little
3: bit, you know, force yeah, people not I, to be able I feel to attack like, you. Yeah, I feel like that's not as hated because you can still attack, just not that person. True. Yeah. But anything that just says, hey, you can't use your creatures at all, like humility. People, mm-hmm. Some people oh, don't yeah. like that type of stuff.
1: <laughs> uh, blood Moon for you.
3: Yeah, I would put that under this next category, which is playing stuff that is unfun or mean. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: the word mean is really important because I, that is a word that goes from, it could be any card, really. Yeah, I
3: think uh, Iona is the best case of this. So Iona is a, just a creature that when she comes out, you name a color, and then you nobody can cast spells, or sorry, your opponents, opponents can't yeah. cast spells of the chosen color. So you can just totally, like somebody's playing a mono red deck, if you cast Iona naming red, you can turn off that entire deck. Yeah, uh,
1: except for their artifacts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really kind of sucky.
3: Blood Moon is another one that just, Kills uh, all. It, it turns all non-basic lands into uh, mountains. That can turn off all every five-color deck I've got. Mm-hmm. Um Nevermore is another one in that category where, yeah, when you play, there's meddling mage. Meddling mage there's uh, a few things with this type off. of effect where you basically name a card when you put uh, this card into play, and the named card can't be played. So you can just name their general, and they can't cast it until they get rid of the Nevermore, which is an enchantment again against mono red. Yeah. They, they might not have a single enchantment removal card or just chaos warp and that's it.
1: And they're just hoping to draw
2: it. Contamination, yep. kind of the same thing as yeah. you know, right. nobody can cast anything if they're not playing black. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So and then um oh, I like this one, Craig, you added, which is just personal etiquette at the table. So also what's considered bad etiquette, and I think everyone would agree, is mm-hmm. just like abusive language, bullying, uh, bullying, getting life. personal with it. This is stuff that's outside yeah. of the game, not inside the game, you know. Uh, you know, threatening to do something physical to somebody would be that
2: we understand that you know your play groups, especially in card shops and whatnot, can be very varied, and there's a lot of different personalities that are out there. That uh, you know, it, the, usually the best case scenario is just let, let everybody breathe, and uh, it's not worth you know to getting you know working yourself up over it or anything like that. Yeah. Don't let your feelings get hurt if somebody's you know picking on you or something like that. Just remember that it's a game. Try and remind them that it's a game and uh, get back to having fun. It's all. If you're the good
1: LGS, too, the people that work and own the store will also help enforce uh, the good etiquette. Have fun. Yeah, and I don't want
3: people to be scared to go to LGSs and play. I mean, we've done it a lot, and I've seen it very rarely. I mean, it happens, but but I don't know if it happens all the time. Yeah, and usually people are quick to rush to the aid of the person... And, and point out, like, hey, dude, that's out of line. And yeah, it's a group know. setting. So, yeah. I mean,
2: typically, magic players are very intuitive people that have, you know, probably gone through some pick, getting picked on themselves when they were younger for playing <laughs> well, magic. So,
3: the thing is, any game you play, that's going to happen sometimes. You know, poker, that happens. You play bas- pick up basketball mm-hmm. at the gym down the street. Every once in a while, there's going to be a little tussle. Some people, like, that's just a nature of games. Some people aren't good at, you know, compartmentalizing or handling the competition. And, you know, that's usually a problem with the person and not a problem with the game um but it is bad etiquette so it does definitely belong on the list okay so that's the list of stuff and it's not comprehensive i mean there's probably a whole bunch more things you could put on there but but that demonstrates because how long was that list so so long that's like
1: like half the outline is just talking about what people can consider bad. that's like 20
3: things off the top of our head yeah that are bad you know that we've heard complaints about you know, being bad etiquette or maybe it's bad etiquette or what should I do.
1: And almost all of them are subjective.
3: Yeah. And so what's that tell you? Holy crap. This is a really, really hard issue to nail down and to mm-hmm. say, you know, we're not going to be able to say at the end of this episode, okay, this is bad etiquette and this is not. <laughs> you know? There's you can't define it. Yeah. Um, the nature of it is that each person's going to be so different and each person's going to have a view on each of these little things and that's going to, and they're going to each be different. I mean, we're going to talk about this really quick, I mean, between us and we're going to have different opinions mm-hmm. about. And we play in the same play group and our play group is great. There's not a lot of complaining. All these complaints I've heard from a lot of other play groups, you know, we, we don't have. I've never heard anybody say, hey, can you not play that deck again? It's too powerful. Or hey, that combo is, right. you know, maybe we've heard slight little things from... One person in our play group, but in general, we don't have those same complaints. We're tolerant, yeah. yeah. So,
1: or just used to it. Sadly, (laughs) it's like ah, the abuse is real.
2: So,
3: (laughs) I mean, let's 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 talk really quick. So, we just went through this list. What is some of the stuff on the list that we talked about that you guys think is totally fine? Like, is not not fine? No, no, is fine. Is is not bad etiquette. Like, um.
1: I'm fine with infinite combos because mm-hmm. there are so many ways once you learn, get a little deeper into the game, how to stop them. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways to do it. Um, instant speeds. a lot of stuff. Like, uh, even just like a... Crossing grip you know something with split second you know you find the little edges and stuff and you know as you start getting hit with more infinite combos you start growing to be a better player not necessarily a spikier player by any means but just a better player because now you need to hold back that one card that mm-hmm. you may have played out earlier in previous games because you've seen something now that makes you understand that oh okay i need to i need to s- sandbag this for right or something in the you know like a ractos charm or something right
2: or switch out that super timmy card that you have for that you know uh, mm-hmm. like the one you never resolved anyway because magic is
3: about like building your deck and responding to stuff and it it, you shouldn't make the assumption that like i'm not going to have to deal with my opponent's deck at all yeah you know you should be under the assumption that like yeah i'm going to have to have ways in my deck to deal with what they're going to try to do right that's what magic is it's a strategy game so if you don't want punch and counter punch then i'm not sure exactly why you're playing it's true. But I can understand
1: why people don't like infinite combos. I think it's very restrictive for anyone that's a new player to the game to be like, and I go infinite. Because the first time that happened to me, I, I immediately would jump back on the defensive and went, whoa, 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 hold on, stop, stop. How? Yeah, you know, it explain feels... Explain every bit to me. And it then, feels a little cheating. Yeah, and I didn't get it at first because the interactions I was like, wait, what do you mean you can tap this to do this, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And when it happened, and I was a little bit in shock at first, and then I realized like, oh, okay, this, I believe, is just a regular part of the game considering it's a, a format that plays ev- almost every card from the history of magic
3: well I think too like here's a little bit of advice to the people that go infinite and get that response um, one is you might have picked a bad spot to do it you know we hear yeah. this story a lot we were on Brainstorm Brewery and Corbin was talking about how he's playing with a couple new players and he did something I think I don't know if it was infinite or not but he won on twelfth on, on turn 13 or 14 or something right and they were a little upset with the way it happened I assume it was an infant combo or something similar that happened. And you know, if you're playing with new players and your goal is to get the new players to like the game, maybe you don't go infinite against them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you just don't play that card that can go infinite. Well, now, it's not that deck. If I'm playing with you guys and Jimmy puts out Kiki Jiki and um, Zealous Conscripts, we're like, cool, shuffle up, let's play again. Nobody, yeah. we've played a million games of Magic, but if you've only played two games of Magic and that's your second one and somebody does that, then you don't have the perspective maybe to handle it. The other way to sort of, to play it is after you do it, explain to them what happened and then just be like, hey, okay, so here's the things to watch out for Mm -hmm. and here's how you maybe stop it. And, you know, you let Niv-Mizzet sit out there for five turns. Yeah. You know, and then that's just a bad idea in general when you you chose to kill these other two creatures which are good creatures but they're not going to go infinite in any time. Yeah. And, you know, that and, and that sort might be the a power way.
1: back in the player's hand. As yeah. opposed to saying like, no, you can't do anything about infinite. Sorry, bud. You know. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So that's you know, I don't think the etiquette is whether or not you go infinite. It's how you handle it when you do, mm-hmm. and how you pick your spot to do it.
1: Yeah. Oh, also, <clears> before <throat> we get too deep into this list, I feel like some people may have the impression that we're just a play group that says, "Oh, everything's fine." no worries. You should just play like everything's fine because that's just, you know, how smart people do it. And it's definitely not the case. There are things that we all have, you know, we all have our own threshold for like, this is I, cool. This is not cool. But in general, I'd say we are more on the side of it's okay. Just shuffle up and play another game.
3: I think we are more towards that. And I think, listen,
1: <laughs> it's not like a fanatical devotion towards that, but I, I I feel like it comes from, I mean, you, you spend a lot of time in Hawaii. We grew up in the Pacific Northwest. We're more, More laid, back. Relaxed and laid I back. I don't know yeah? if it's
3: I don't know if it's that. This is how I learned to play games. Mm-hmm. And and it's also my philosophy of life, which is that I want to have the power. And if <laughs>
4: the power is yours, but Josh. I want to have
3: the power over myself. I don't want to give it away to somebody else. So if right. something bad happens, if I throw up my arms and go, Well, that's ridiculous, that's saying I can do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to live in the world where I can't affect it. I want to live in the world where I can affect things. So when something happens, anything in life, my first thought is like, okay, what did I do and what can I do differently Mm
4: -hmm.
3: that changes that equation? And if you go through life that way, I feel like you're going to have a lot more happiness and success because you you have power to affect things and to do things. And you know what? As you start thinking in that manner about everything in life, you start realizing, oh, you know... Yeah, this thing happened, but I did this, or I, I did, I, or I, or if I didn't do this, then maybe it wouldn't have. And and you can start like taking control rather than just being caught in this maelstrom of random things that can happen to you in life. Like, right. you know, and it doesn't mean that you can't blame other people or other things for happening. And some things aren't out of your control. That's not it at all. It's just how can you be aware of it and take responsibility.
1: Yeah, shoot for the stars, shoot for the moon. We live
3: in this society where we don't like to take responsibility. We like to sue over everything. We like to blame somebody. You know, if something happens, Mm -hmm. we want to blame people. Are we still
2: talking about infinite combos?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just philosophically, I am very opposed to the idea of giving that power away and saying there's nothing I can do about it. And that's what I feel like a lot of people say when they go, please don't play the commander, it's too powerful. Oh, yeah? Why don't I just build my deck so I can beat that commander? Please don't play that infinite combo. It's too. It's too much. I can't stop it. Oh yeah. Why don't I? counterspell. Exactly. Why don't I build a deck that can beat that?
1: Yeah, Magic is all about being proactive, too, and it's true. This does, I mean, I think partially being in Los Angeles also helps reinforce the idea that, you know, because you're kind of your own brand and your own business out here, and and you don't have you know, like a nice guardian spirit looking after you at all times, and sometimes you know, you have to realize you have to fend for yourself. Uh, And I think that does feed into the same idea in Magic is that, you know, it's your cards, it's your untapped mana, it's what you are able to affect the board with or do in response to something. I think the words in response is the most important thing here because whenever anything happens it's very rarely that it's just straight up you can't do anything about it you know there's almost always an opening somewhere and that's what magic is about it's about finding that and you know there's always a or, card or stopping someone that
2: they've printed that will answer a certain situation they yeah haven't exactly. made a situation that's on i mean they banned
3: the cards where that's not the case
2: right sure. the only thing that i can think of right now that you can't really get rid of is like an emblem from a planeswalker and i think they purposely made it that way yeah because it's
1: almost impossible to get there in the first place right yeah. and even then and most the, times it doesn't necessarily even end the game still you the know?
2: infinite combos there's plenty of spot removal in every color to be able to address those especially now like we were talking about last episode with the green stuff now even green has things to answer mm-hmm. uh you know those even and you can run fight cards
3: you know people are like oh those cards are bad but there are instant speed fight cards you could run yep. you're not so, you know, in some respect, like, don't complain to me that they did an infinite combo with Niv-Mizzet just because you refused to run the cards that would stop it. Right, yeah. You know, so that's you don't have to put it in those terms but you can gently sort of explain to people like okay the game is built so you can stop these things yeah
1: the game is also built that you can talk to the people and find the happy medium because if there is one player that's all about going infinite and you find it's just an arms race then yeah guess what this is a social game you have that aspect of it as well to address and you know
3: find your happiness your happy spot within it you know for the group so I think I think this conversation really applies to almost everything I see on this list of stuff that we think is not bad etiquette but some people do like very fast kills, mass counter spells, tutors, uh chaotic cards, decks that are quote unquote too powerful, infect uh tuck, you know this is all stuff that we put down are there any is there anything I just talked about that you guys think is actually bad etiquette?
1: I think mass land destruction can be oh, I, I didn't say that oh, you're right, it's not on there, Haha. Uh-huh. well, in that case wait that's bad form, yeah, do you think there's any, is
2: there anything any of the stuff that... I
3: just said do you think it is bad form
2: uh not personally, no, I mean most of those things are, are pretty good. I would say the only one that would be like uh borderline borderline would be like chaos or trolling cards, depending on, you know, if you're the trolling, level of the, troll. yeah, the level yeah. of the troll. And if you're targeting one person or whatnot, if you're being mm-hmm. a bully, then that's obviously not good at a Well, that's counter too? Kind chaos
3: of. stuff by nature. Cannot, Bully one player because True. you can't control it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The chaos yeah. stuff, not,
2: but the, you know, the, uh, the, the mass trolling, counter can be the, the, the trolling. trolling cards yeah, or if like it's that. too
1: targeted, I mean, if someone's just taking out the personal vengeance or just being mean in real life, then it's not the cards they're playing, it's the person yeah. itself. Yeah. Again,
3: yeah, I don't think that's, that's got anything to do with cards and it has everything to do with, yeah. You know,
1: and the nice thing is that, like, look, it, let's say someone is giving you a really hard time at the table. They're bullying you. They're just, they're making sure that you can't play your commander because they think it's too powerful for whatever reason and it's making the game unfun well fortunately for you uh that game is just an hour of your life it's not something that is going to follow you from game to game this person that you know does these terrible things to
3: you and so fortunately and you get to choose whether you sit down and play with them again and you're perfectly within your rights to be like yeah that person's not fun to play with you know so i'm just not going to yeah it's a choice you can make and be proactive about Yeah. yeah it's true um so let's talk about some of the stuff that we think is bad form So, you mentioned it earlier. Mass land destruction. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's necessary, but I feel like, you know, what are you trying to do with land destruction, right? You're trying to make it so that you come out of it the best. Right. Right, is the whole point. The only thing is that when you're doing land destruction against someone that's not using their lands in, like, an evil or, like, you know, a super powerful way, then you're just blowing up someone's lands and, and forcing them to not be able to play any more cards, you know? especially if it's super late in the game, I feel like it, it can be less productive than the intended result, which is why I think it ends up being bad form. Because if it was like mass land destruction, everyone's like, oh, thank goodness, you know, this is gone and this is gone. Or if it's just, you know, that's great, but if it's just mass land destruction, then three people are like, oh.
2: Now we have 45 I'm, more minutes. I'm just going to say this. draw,
1: go, and then you two that somehow crawled out of this hole are going to have fun while the rest of us just sit here and draw, go until we can play again.
3: I'm not in the land destruction I'm the- camp. The- I'm fine with it. Camp. I don't Mm -hmm. love it, obviously. I'm I'm just, I mean, like, I'm I'm fine with it. That's no different than if somebody plays a Blood Moon or somebody plays a Stasis. Those are the same type of effects where it's like, I'm not doing much. You're probably okay. You're okay to just sit there and do nothing. I mean, I don't love it. Don't get me wrong. But that's a part of the game. And it's the same. But you're more
2: contented with
3: that. It's the same empowerment thing. And to me, I'm like, it's fine. They're doing that thing. And I'm probably going to lose this game. And it's probably going to take a little while. And. it's like that's going to happen sometimes now if somebody was playing a mass land destruction deck all the time but it's still my fault because why am i not playing a deck that literally counters the deck they're playing all the time yes you can you
2: can adjust your deck to
3: you can make a a deck that can beat mass land destruction why is
1: your table not just hating them out each time exactly yeah
3: so so if they're not playing it very often then big deal it's happening once in a while why am i mad about it and if they're playing it all the time then why the heck can't i beat the deck that i know they're playing every time so I feel like either case, I'll put that into my own hands and I can deal with it. So to me, it's not that big a deal. But again, I grew up in an era where land destruction and mass land destruction, that's how we learned to play the game from the start. Right. So to me, I was just desensitized to it really early. So I understand why people don't like it. And as a result, I don't play. I think I have Armageddon in one deck yeah. and it's the Nekusar deck and it literally is like Armageddon, go, you die, you die, you die, everyone want to shuffle up and play again. Right. Like it's not, it's, 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 I don't think I've ever played Armageddon where it's like Armageddon, Go. See, 45 minutes later.
2: If that's the case, then that's much better cuz But
3: you can't make that rule because of there's too much gray area. Is it okay if everybody dies after 3 turns? Yeah. Okay, 4, okay, 5. getting back
2: to the etiquette, it's like, you know, I think there's one question that everybody can ask themselves is, you know, is what I'm doing affecting other players in a negative way? You know, yeah. is is are is everybody else having not having as much fun because of something that I did? Yeah, and if it's so. Yeah, you know, like, I just want to, when I play, you know, we we don't get to play that much. And I just, I really want to play out my hand. I really want to play out, like, what my deck was meant to do. And if I'm stopped from doing that because, you know, of Iona or Ruination or Bad Moon or Contamination or something like that, or some sort of, you know, land destruction, not having any land to be able to do that, it just, it makes it not as fun. Or, you know, if you don't have the cards in hand, you're just, I don't know, you're just sitting there, not doing anything but if it can lead to okay you know infinite combo i win now let's shuffle up and play again that's when i'm like all right cool at least i'm at least i'm engaged
1: now Mm -hmm. all right josh how do you feel about mass hand destruction um same really
3: yeah i'm uh
1: what if it's like someone just going right at you being like you don't you as soon as you draw a card in the Zoomy grave grave robber just discard it
3: i mean how's that different than them attacking me with infect or attacking me with a big creature or anything like that like That's just attacking on a slightly different axis, but unless that person's like being personal about it, Mm -hmm. but that has nothing to do with the hand destruction. It just has to do with the manner in which they're doing. Like if they're like also saying personal things, (laughs) right? You know, to antagonize me, or they're threatening me physically or something. Like, (laughs) but again, those the the cards aren't the problem, so I'm fine with it because I'm in the same camp. Which is that's fine. Like, see,
2: I'd I'd much rather be taken out through infect or damage with the big creature or something like that. Why? Because at least that way I can like go
3: on my phone and not feel
2: bad that I'm like...
3: Isn't that the same thing you can do if they destroy your hand or your land?
2: Well, I mean, then I'm just sitting at the table just like waiting for my next turn. At least if I'm like out of the game. If they kill you in turn four with
3: Infect. But you can do the same thing. If you have no cards, you can't make any decisions. So you can just play on your phone if you want to. Yeah. It's the same as being dead or knocked out of the game early. That's why I don't understand why people get so mad about land destruction. It's just like, if they had killed you, you wouldn't be as mad, you say. But you're in the same position. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just not playing.
2: Yes and no. Like, (laughs) semi-arguably no, because, like, you you know, if you're still in the game, then there's still, like, you still have a land drop and stuff like that. You're still somewhat tied to that game. But if they kill you, you know, uh, uh, let me take it back to, like, when I was at the card shop. Then I could hop on my, like, you know, PSP and, like, play whatever game I was playing, which I, I could still do at the table. Or I could start up another, like, standard game with the other guy who got kicked out or something like that or... You know, there was there was always something else to do. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're, I just
3: think getting knocked out uh, on turn four or five with infect, which I'm fine with, and it's something you particularly like to do, so it feels hypocritical to me. <laughs> and and I'm, fair? I'm and, and fair. everybody's open to their or uh, everybody can have their opinion. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, to me, yeah, 100% those are, are right. Yeah, yeah. To me, the there's an analog there, and I'm fine with either. But it's interesting that you're not because I don't just don't actually understand the difference between having no hand. And being knocked out of the game early, they both kind of suck, but they're both part of the game, and it's fine. What
1: breaks, Josh Lee? Quiet? The next
3: one. Turns taking too long. Turns taking too long. This is something that doesn't need to occur. True. Um, you know, and, and within reason, I understand. But when somebody takes a long time all the time, mm-hmm. or everybody's taking a long time, um, that can get annoying. And if they're new again, granted, then you get extra leeway because you're new to the game. And if we don't give new players extra leeway, then we're actively trying to stop them from liking the game, which seems really <laughs> stupid, um, which it, it extends into infinite combos and those other things we talked about earlier. Um, but just taking too long for like weird reasons. we played the other night, um, and I won't name names, but we were playing with a couple of guys and they were a little bit slower to the point where like I was like trying to tutor during their turns, like worldly tutor during their <laughs> turns just to speed things up, and they're literally stopping play to wait till I and st- am done tutoring so that I don't somehow cheat and pull out a card that just, is in response to, to something that right. they... And it's like, I'm trying to speed up the game, on. and I, it's you're <laughs> actively slowing it down even more. So, you know, that's that was just slightly annoying. And again, that's not to the point where I'm like, I'll never play with those guys again. I like those guys. I'll play with them again. And I'll just be, like, more tolerant of stuff that slightly annoys me, because... Mm-hmm. If we were all just a little more tolerant of stuff that slightly annoys us, then no we wouldn't get a million emails about what do I do about this guy or that guy. You know. Now just, what do you think
2: about something tied to that but, you know, similar but not the same people who missed a trigger last turn but now they're oh, they want to go back and and activate that trigger or something yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: too late. <laughs> I think if it if it requires everyone to stop and look at you and go uh then that's a no-no. Like if you miss a trigger and it's something that you need to keep track of, then you should probably make sure that you do it. Otherwise, just let it slip by. If I you just have to want to retroactively go back and change that much stuff, then it's not worth it.
3: I just want consistency. Mm-hmm. So whatever your group does, just do that all the time so everybody knows so either allow it or don't allow it but don't allow it sometimes and then sometimes not and then just make arbitrary rules like oh well that was one whole turn pass before you were one so you can't do it now but yo you caught it before he drew his card so it's fine (laughs) It's like you can't just make it up on the spot so just have an agreement the first couple times it happens just stop and go okay it's fine if we allow this stuff what are what are we allowing or whatever yeah exactly what's the what's the rule that allows us and you know I am all for being understandable. We all do it sometimes. Like, oh, crap, I forgot to draw that card. And it's like, fine. You know, whereas if it's like a whole rotation of the table, you know, we've had ones where it's like somebody read a card slightly wrong um, and like two turns went by and they're looking at it like, hey, this says power less than, not power less than or equal to.
1: Right, that happened uh, with you in Profaner of the Dead, actually.
3: And it's just like, oh, whatever, man, you won that game. It's fine. I'm not going to go, (laughs) like, it's just stupid. Like, it's not worth it when you're playing with friends and there's no prizes on the line to get too worked up about that stuff. Right. You know, hopefully you're playing to have fun with your friends and you'd be having just as much fun playing, you know, League of Legends or something else, in which case none of that stuff would come up. So why are you getting so worked up about a missed trigger or a Mm -hmm. misread card? So I'm mostly fine with that stuff. Yeah, Um, I agree with you there. It's interesting. Craig, you put this down on on the list, right? You put the things under it. Uh, Blood Moon, Ruination, Iona, Contamination. You put that... You do think those are bad? Uh, I think form? that
2: they're... So, yeah, I play with a lot of those. <laughs> no, I know, that's why I, I absolutely do. to Josh But, ago. you know, and this is the hypocri- hypocritical part of me, is that when they get played on me, when I'm playing the monocolored deck, it sucks. And, you know, there's... Uh, I don't know. I... It all just goes back to I just want to play my stuff and if I can't then it's just not the same experience to me. But I do understand that they're a valuable part of certain strategies and you know, they're they're great lockdowns to be able to make sure that, you know, the spiky players can can win when they can.
3: <laughs> See that I don't like that. Because I don't like just labeling people because they play a blood moon.
2: Which, by the way, we all know. Oh, of course not. I think Iona's the the worst out of those. But I, mean, I don't. Blood I don't... moon is the most the most okay out of those. Because the blood moon, all you have to do is just not run so many non basics.
3: Right. Iona, all you have to do is run more colors. <laughs> True, but I mean, even if you then, have... Iona.
1: If you're a two color deck, Iona is still such. No, because
3: like your a other beatdown. color should be able to kill her.
1: Maybe. I mean, like, what, what if, if, if you... your other
3: color is green? Song of the Dryads or a fight card, <laughs> yeah, just like I, I was saying. Yeah. yeah. Desert Twister. Like there's yeah. cards that can do it. True. And yeah, I am just saying, when based on whatever, I think Blood Moon is just Hurricane. as bad as I own it. I own it might be a little worse because monocolored decks mm-hmm. completely hosed. Um but I don't like labeling people as spikes because they play them. Now it's funny because I don't play a single one of those cards. I hate Blood Moon. Everybody knows it. But I don't think it's bad form to play it.
1: I mean, if you're playing it for a legitimately good reason, like so-and-so is just going off and without stopping their... How do you
3: define legitimately good reason?
1: Well, I mean, it... It's true. I mean, it's all subjective again. I, I feel like Blood Moon, I mean, because I'm okay with it, because I do play it, obviously, mm-hmm. so I have to be okay with it if someone plays it against me. Craig. I,
2: dude, I'm a total hypocrite. Look, I, <laughs> I, I hate Blood Moon when I'm playing like Carador or something, and I'm, I have all my non But you don't think non-basics. it's bad form? No, of course not. I, okay. I really don't. And, you know, if if uh, I'm playing, you know, a monocolored deck where I'm playing a lot of basic lands, I'm like, yeah, let that Blood Moon ride out. Like, let's see where this goes. The moon shut, has, shut has risen, folks. Yeah.
3: I mean, what I try to do is meta them out. And we've talked about this. I just attack the person with Blood Moon. But it's not because I think it's bad form. I'm just actually trying to condition them or train them to know (laughs) that, like, if you play that card, I dislike it to the point where I'm just going to kamikaze you. Because I don't care if I win this game now. I actually need to, in the long run, teach you not to play Blood Moon. (laughs) But I do not think it's bad etiquette. Because what am I doing there? I'm taking the power. I'm not saying it's something I can't deal with. It's the Mm -hmm. same philosophy. So there's almost no card you can play where I think it's bad etiquette.
1: True. I think the majority of the complaints that come about someone being having bad etiquette is when it's just one game that happens to impact you a lot. Like one game that you're like, gosh, I really did not have a good time. And the fact that he just kept discarding all the cards in my hand constantly was just not fun. And I just don't want to ever feel that same way I did that time again. And I think that's where a lot of the feel-bads come from. But it's, it's like,
3: such a moving target because you could have a bad time in a game that wasn't like that mm-hmm. because you're having a bad day because your boss yelled at you or, you know, you got to fight with your wife or, you know, nothing's going to feel fun that day. Yeah, so
2: typically it sucks to go and be like, I'm going to play a one hour game and then be sitting there for 30 minutes, like twiddling your thumbs.
3: But I'm just saying, like, if you judge whether something's bad etiquette based on whether you have fun or not, you can't even t- tell from day to day exactly what's going to be fun for you. <laughs> so, yes. So that that's not true. a fair barometer. It's a pretty crappy barometer because it changes from day to day. So that's my point is I don't like to judge etiquette. I think what else based is, on how I'm feeling
2: like, uh, you know, I, I think etiquette wise, they're okay, but I think there is something that we should understand that they probably don't draw out the best emotions from people. And if if you, if people don't want to get, uh, you know, Personal feelings involved with games, they they may want to not play those as much. Or
1: yeah, if you're the kind of person that that gets super salty over a multiplayer game, maybe EDH isn't the game for you. Or maybe it just requires a little sort of rethinking your mentality towards this sort of. And I
2: think like totally just deeper than that. Like if 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 someone if you're playing a bunch of games with people and they start to not have as much fun or whatever, you know, it's it's going to affect that metagame in a in a long lasting kind of way and i also I t- guess in i that- think we're all intuitive enough to know that like look don't play the blood moon deck like every time you yeah. know like switch it up with some other stuff and you know throw in some some surprises every once in a while like pop out iona or something like that but
1: well i guess in the case of if you're the oppressor then it, again the power is also in your hands if you want to foster your playgroup and have people not you know, have people want to actively contribute and keep playing EDH. Like, that is also in your power to make it more fun for everyone or play in a way that it, it, that at least evolves people through the steps. Cause not everyone's gonna be at like Josh's level for, yeah, everything's fine. And, you know, depending on the context or whatever, like, not everyone's gonna get to that level immediately. So, I mean, you're also a part of that equation if you're playing in a group and someone's like, hey, you're playing unfairly, et cetera, or like you're making it not fun. You know, sure, maybe what you think you're doing isn't necessarily unfun but it is also in your power to listen to what someone else is telling you and act based off of that.
3: Yeah, I think that's really smart, which is like, look around, see what the reaction is, pay attention. You know, it's not... like Because like I'm saying, I'm saying all these things don't bug me. I'm also saying I don't use them because Mm -hmm. I know they bug other people. You know? That's the thing. Land Destruction doesn't bother me. Do I play Land Destruction? No. Blood Moon doesn't... You know, I don't like it, but it doesn't bother me. Do I play Blood Moon? No. Like... That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm okay with this stuff and therefore I'm using it. I'm saying I'm aware people don't like it. So that's fine. I meet them at that level because I want my friends to have fun playing the game. So that's something to pay attention to. And if you're the person in your play group that everyone's sort of groaning whenever you pull out certain decks or use, you know, Mm -hmm. then you need to... You know, you need to bring them to the level where they're okay with what you're playing or you need to change it or you need to change the people you're playing with. Because you're not going to tell somebody they like something when they don't. Like, what are you going to do? No, you like land destruction. Oh, I do? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, that conversation is never going to happen. Yeah. So you either stop playing it or you find somebody else to play with. Right. You know, or you teach them, hey, okay. This is manageable. Infinite combo. I know you didn't like it. It felt weird. Here's how it worked. Here's some stuff to watch out for. You know, I've played against decks like this, and this is how I beat them. You know, if it it depends on social dynamic. If you can have that conversation in that way, but th- those are ways to sort of bring people along. And again, I would yeah. say I would say very strongly, pay extremely close attention when playing with new players, because the goal really is to grow the game and keep the game growing. And and when you're playing with new players, the rules should totally be different.
1: Yeah, and that's the that's the the best time for the highest dropout rate. If that makes sense, like a new player has the highest chance of saying nope and or yes, you know, of going in and continuing to play the game. So that's
3: you do have to be extra careful for good reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the last thing I would like to explore um, is just when you see bad etiquette, like what we consider genuinely bad etiquette. Mm-hmm. How do you respond?
1: Uh, fist to the face? No, that that was, that's that was not incorrect. Right. That's damn, ah. no, I mean, no bing for me. Yeah,
3: that's the opposite of.
1: <laughs> 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 do not punch anyone i'm not endorsing that please don't ever
3: for ever. any reason yeah. over a game don't do it yeah um if you're that invested to the point that you need to look inward and say what's wrong with me yeah that i'm getting to that so worked up. that i'm getting to the point where i'm willing to do stuff like that yeah. over you know a card game um so what do you do
1: talk discussion you're humans were built in to talk to other people uh, it's not an easy conversation, and it's never going to be an easy conversation, but it only gets easier the more you do it.
3: I, I 100% agree, and there's two important things, I think. Don't do it directly after the game when the thing happened. Right. Fresh wounds. Yep, it's just too going to be too worked up. You're going to be mad. They're going to be defensive. That's not a good time to be having those conversations. Do it before a play starts or at a time when you're not playing Magic and you're hanging out with that person. Mm-hmm. Also... Okay be willing to meet them somewhere. you don't go into a conversation or a negotiation of any kind and just give ultimatums. It's just not gonna work. <laughs> so if you go to somebody and go like that deck's too powerful, you shouldn't play it. that's you're not leaving them anywhere to go. yeah. so you need that's to true. be willing to meet them at a certain point like hey man, that deck's a little too powerful. What can we do here? Mm-hmm. you know can you help me figure out maybe how to beat it? Listen, if you have that conversation, where you go up to somebody and go, man, that deck is really good. I have never beat it. I've never seen it beat. Can you help me? You're obviously really good at this game. You know what that'll do? Two things. One, you'll get some advice on how to beat it. Two, you're telling them their deck is too powerful and maybe not fun without getting in their face about it.
1: Yeah. it's yeah, so,
2: complimenting them. Yes, and, the and
3: it's just like the political thing we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago where you're actually using a positive thing to get your message across in a way that doesn't make them... Co- Become defensive.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people are like, yeah, I'll talk to them about it later. And then they have an ulterior motive when they talk to them or they're still bitter about something and they, they're carrying extra emotion. Like, you got to shed all that stuff if you're going to be able to have these conversations in a real productive manner. Yeah.
3: All right. All so, right. Uh, time for the end step? End step. I have a cool one. It's a cool one, indeed. Okay, so there's a short film I did uh, with some friends. I directed it and edited it. Uh, it was a long time ago now, 2007. We won the best, I think, horror suspense film at Comic-Con International (laughs) Film Festival. Uh, We won a few other awards at various other uh, film festivals, but the Comic-Con one's the coolest because Comic-Con's awesome. And uh, it's called Eli. Not to be confused with the name of our editor. (laughs) It has nothing to do with him. Um, But the movie is called Eli. It stars David Anders, who was on Alias. He was on Heroes, Heroes, Vampire Diaries. He's now an iZombie, zombie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and The
1: Revenant with Leo DiCaprio is filming right now up in uh, up in Canada.
3: David's also from Oregon, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, very cool guy. Um, it's it's short. It's like 16 minutes long. And the news is that we just put it on iTunes, or, or sorry, we just put it on YouTube. Uh-huh. It was on iTunes. We had a contract that ran out, so now we've got the ability to put it on YouTube. So for the first time ever, you don't have to pay 2.99 to watch it, <laughs> which is why I haven't talked about it up till now. So, the link will be in the show notes, or you can go on YouTube and just search Eli and David Josh. Anders or Eli Josh Lee Kwai. Yeah. Either one will work. And uh, check it out. Hope you like it. That's my end step.
1: Yeah, I have to still watch it. I, I told you I was going to watch it before All right. I was doing a lot of work. It's
3: okay. It's okay. I live in LA. I'm used to people saying that they're going <laughs> to read scripts or watch things and they never do. Ah, uh, yes. Called out.
1: Called out. Don't do it, guys. Fulfill your promises. All right, cleanup step. GP Vegas, we talked about all the information earlier. May 28th is when we want to do the meetup. It's a Thursday. Before the weekend starts, let us know if you're going, let us know if that date works for you, Uh, and just be verbal and talk to us so that we can make sure we schedule the best event for the maximum number of our fans and friends.
3: Email us, commandcast at Mm rocketjump.com.
1: And make sure to check out the Masters of Modern, our sister podcast. They talk about all things modern in the format. Uh, Kessler is uh, ungodly at predicting things. He has predicted, he predicted the battle for Zendikar uh, almost a year ago now. He has predicted
3: almost... They did a whole show predicting what's going to be in yeah. uh, Modern, Modern Masters, Masters 2015. 2015, so go listen to that and yep. uh, see if they're right.
1: Yep. Very well-spoken dudes. They know what they're talking about. Uh, make sure you check them out. They're also on rocketjump.com slash podcasts.
3: Craig, where can we find you on the worldwide interwebs? At Craig Blanchett on Twitter.
1: Nice, nice. Craig, cool. thanks again for being our continual guest, uh, our number one superstar. You.
3: I'm oh, number what? one guy. We haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we here? haven't. So, I missed it.
1: I think most people still don't even know where that's from, uh, and we won't tell you. It's from like, one of the 27 honestly, Batman that was,
3: movies. That was kind of creepy. I have no idea what that <laughs> what? was
1: from. And Jack I have... Nicholson. Oh my goodness! All right, yeah. you have to. You have You're to. You're old back. enough to know that. I yeah. should. Was that Batman or something? Yeah, yeah, the oh, first right. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, before the nipple suits. <laughs> <laughs> And one final note before we sign off, there will be no new episodes next week. I have a super busy week. I'm going to be on a shoot for out of the five days, so I won't have any time to podcast. And we've sort of been going on, I guess, a marathon sesh with all these two episode weeks. So we're taking a week off, and we're going to be back the week after that, back to your regularly scheduled programming. So thanks so much, guys, and we'll see you next time.
4: Peace.
0: Thank you for your attention.